Hey, my fellow podcasters, this is the Havila Kennington podcast, and this is Havila Kennington. I thought maybe you'd like to listen into one of the messages that we've been sharing. So sit back, tune in, and receive from the Holy Spirit. I hope that you get something out of this, and I'll catch up with you at the end of this short message. Today, I want to talk to you about the process of a promise in your life. Let me ask you a question. How many of you, having known Christ, maybe having a salvation experience or remembering when you first came to the realization that God loved you, he knew you, you had a bit of an epiphany and you realized and you had a promise that God put in your heart and a, and a desire for purpose like you'd never had before. Right, 90% of the room. And God even spoke to you and said, this is what you're called to do, or this is what you, you should be doing, or you had a desire to maybe change the world for the first time, and you remember that. Now, let me ask you this. How many of you in the room are actually doing at full time what God told you to be doing? You feel like you're living, okay? There's maybe 1% of us. And that's very common in the body of Christ. In fact, I think that's why the body of Christ is kind of frustrated because I think a lot of us have promises in the very beginning and God starts things in our lives and we're not quite sure when the whole process finishes. We're not sure how it all works. And so today I want to talk and explain a little bit about what the process of your promise is and what are belief systems we need to have and statements of faith that we need to have that keep us safe in the journey. And so the first thought I want you to think about is this. He started it and he'll finish it. He started it, you didn't begin it, and you don't have to finish it. That means that whatever is going on in your heart, in your life, whatever God's put in your life, if God did it, he started it and he'll finish it. And I love how Paul says this because so many of us have so many things that go through us, but God initiates everything in your life. If it's good, if it has eternal value, if it's the right thing for you, he initiates it. And I think about this reality of, of God, God completing that thought in us. And I like what it says. It says, Paul says, being confident. And if you have your Bible, I want you to underline that word or, or circle it or, or make note in your notes about it, because this is a key word. The word confident is the word pytho. And that's a Greek word, and, and, and it's, it's, you cannot translate Greek to English, okay? Just so you know, they can have certain words that have meanings and concepts, but many times what the writer is writing, you can't just do word for word. It has to be a concept. It has to be a belief. Uh, what they're saying, what they're referring to comes with a complete thought, not necessarily just word for word. And so when we look at this word, it can't just be, it's persuaded. No, no, no. It comes with a full thought that's joined to it. And so I like what it says here. It means to make friends with it. And I love that thought because what Paul is telling the church is, hey, I want you, I'm about to say something and I want you to make friends with this comment. I want you to make friends with this theology. I want you to make friends with what I'm about to say. I want you to join yourself to it. I want you to become connected to it. I want you to live with it. I want it to follow you around. I want it to motivate you. I want there to be relationship with this thought. And the thought is, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to you. He who began a good work in you from the beginning, 
before everything happened, before all of it, he'll be faithful to you. He'll complete it. He'll fulfill it. He can be trusted. And so this is what Paul is saying. I want you to make friends with that thought. You see, I've said this before, but we need to be people where our theology, theology is the study of God. Theo is a name for God, the study of God. Our theology, what we believe about God, what we believe about the Bible, what we believe about what Jesus did, shapes our reality, not our reality shaping our theology. And this is what Paul's asking the church. He's saying, men and women, let your theology, that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to the end, shape the reality that you live in. I pray for you today that faith would rise up in your heart. My prayer is that you wouldn't just hear a word and think that doesn't apply to me because I haven't lived this way and I don't do this. And I, my prayer is that the spirit of God that is living within you will bear witness to this and he will motivate you into change, into knowing that he really loves you. He's really for you. You're not a mistake. He's not disappointed. He loves you. He's not mad at you. He's not angry. He's not up in heaven hoping that you'll just get it over with so he can work on somebody else. He loves you, he's kind, and he's excited about your life, and he's a glad God, and he wants you to make friends with this thought that he began it, and he'll finish it, and it's his working. God starts everything. I like to think of the process looking a little bit like this, and that is that God starts it. Everything in your life, everything in our life, everything in our world, God started creation. He started redemptive relationship. He started uh, his son coming to the earth. I mean, he did all of it. God starts it. And then there's this little thing called the process, which we don't really like, but the process is that he developed and perfects it and fulfills it, and then he ends it. Now, how many of you have told God, God, just finish it. I promise I'll be good about it right? Just give me the man and I promise I'll be a good wife, you know? Just let me help me lose the weight and I promise I'll never eat anything bad again, you know? God, just help me, give me the ministry and I'll be good and not look at that stuff and not say those kind of things. You know, we all want the process to be quickly so we can get out of it and the reality is is that there's more to the story in the process than we actually look at. And uh, part of that, he who began a good work in you is embracing that his intentions towards you are always good, but that there is a process that we have to participate with the Holy Spirit in. And so this is the process that he starts everything. Like we said, he initiates everything. And it's only through believing that he initiates it all that it becomes our reality to us. Now it's already a reality because he already did it, but it becomes alive to us. I want you to think about this. Unless we believe it's true, we will never experience the power of its reality. If you don't believe God has a plan for your life, you'll never live in it. If you don't believe that God can heal you and set you free, you'll never ask for it. 
If you don't believe that God has a plan and a purpose and a, a life for you that's better than you have right now and you're not called to just survive and get by and not called to just work every week to have a weekend and a Friday night and you're not called just to, to sit and hang out and make sure that, that you can find another way to relax. God has a plan and a purpose that you would go to bed at night knowing that you live the life that you were called to live like Ephesians 4. You're living the life worthy of the calling that you've received. And God didn't die on the cross so that you can have a relax every weekend and try to just get through the week. If you, if my son died for you and I have three little boys, if any of them had to die for you, I better see a smile on your face. No, I'm kidding. You know, I will smack a smile on your face now. I mean, there is, that, there's a great cost to that. It's not like he's going, I wish those guys would get together. You know, I'm Christ, I'm Christ up here and, you know, they're kind of blowing it and, you know, make sure you use Christ and Christmas and I'll be happy. No, no. He wants us to live a life worthy because he thought we were worthy. And he loved us enough. So unless we believe it, we'll never experience the power of its reality. It's all about you living the Christian life and then learning to live it out in these realities. The second thought is this development or development and perfecting are always required. Your promise in God will always take development and perfecting before it's done. It's part of the process. Now, many of us don't like that thought, but that is the truth. It's going to take that. Now, how do we know that? Well, it's all about learning to live the life. Ephesians 6, 1, or 1, 6 says in the Amplified very well, it says, and I'm convinced and sure of this thing that he who began a good work in you will continue until the day of Jesus Christ, right up until the time of his return. And then listen, developing the good work and perfecting and bringing it to full completion. Some of you are wondering what God's up to and he's up to developing you. Some of you have wondered where God's gone and he's saying, I want you to start doing what I've asked you to do and I can't do anything else until you start responding to me. Because I want to finish this work in you. And I'm not just raising people. I'm not raising, I'm not just a, like a, a genie. You know, I'm not just raising slaves. I'm raising sons. And I need you to begin to work with me in the process so that I can bring out the most perfect ending to your story. Because he knows the perfect ending for your story. He knows exactly what you need. Think about it. He knew you in your mom's womb. He knew your whole story. He knows everything that's happened to you. He knows all your dreams, all your desires. And even you don't even know the best ending for your life. How many of you have tried to make decisions because you thought it was the best thing for you and you realized it was the wrong decision? Don't look around. Don't look at your spouse. That's just the reality. We, have, we, we are not pure. I mean, I, when someone once said, it's the hardest, the hardest voice to hear, the hardest thing to hear God on is your life. You can hear it for anybody else. It's way easier to hear it for somebody else. But when it comes to you, you have a lot involved, a lot of desire, a lot of emotion, a lot of energy, a lot of anxiety. It's hard to hear God for yourself. It just is. So don't, don't worry about that. There's nothing wrong with you. That's just normal. We, it's a hard process to hear God for us. Because we want the best, but we don't want to have to work for it. And so no one goes, oh, well, I'll just, you know, I'd rather, I'd love God that you'd want to like help me lose weight and be strong, but I'd rather go to the gym and just go through the process. Could you imagine if God gave you that? You'd be like, do it now. I promise I'll be faithful to it, right? And God goes, no, I want you to learn to sew. Let me ask you a question. Does God want you to be Perfect. 
Does God want you to be perfect? The Bible says yes. In fact, the Bible says that you're to be perfect just as your heavenly father is perfect. To be perfect as your heavenly father. Now, it's interesting that when he said that, he didn't say Jesus. Why didn't he say, be perfect, therefore, as the son of God, Jesus, is perfect? Why? When we think of Jesus and we think of him being perfect, what do we think of? We think of sinless. Excellent. We think, oh, well, he was perfect. He was sinless. So I can't do that. I know I'm not going to be sinless. But it's interesting that he said, as your heavenly father is. And the reason he said that, do you know why? Because that word perfect has a unique meaning. The meaning of that word is this. It means meaning what is complete or entirely in accord with truth and fact. In fact, it carries the thought. Remember how it doesn't just go word for word? The Bible's not word for word translated. It carries the thought that um, being used for what it was intended to be used for. That's the concept. Be perfect. Live in the way you were intended to live as your heavenly father is living in the way that he was intended to be. God wants you to know, and God's commanded you, that you are to live a life. And that life is to be in line with the way that it was intended to be lived. You were intended to be in relationship with Jesus. You were intended to be dependent upon him. You were intended to have the Holy Spirit working in you. Well, my friends, that's all for today. I'm really honored each and every time you tune into this podcast. If you enjoyed today, don't forget to leave me a review. I read each and every one. Just throw me some stars and make sure that you share this with your friends. It's really the only way that this message gets out. It's the only way that everyone learns about this podcast. And we really do this for you. We uh, really love you and we're always honored that you follow us and that you help us. So have a great day. Can't wait to catch up with you next time and keep serving Jesus. It's worth each and every day of our lives. Love you. Bye-bye.